for Flight Centre. Best in the air and everywhere. And Hyundai's seven-year warranty on SENSA. The Round Ball with Dom and Dodsey. And welcome back here with Dom Renato and Travis Dodd on the Round Ball on a Wednesday night. It's all thanks to uh, Hyundai's generous uh, cash back. And uh, Travis, of course, last week this time we were saying uh, would Adelaide United be next to... Uh, to put the staff, uh, get rid of some of their staff and, of course, uh, their, their players. And uh, lo and behold, 10 minutes after we said that, it did happen. I thought it would be a good idea uh, to get tra- um, to get to their football director, um, and that is Bruce Jitte, to have a chat to him, not only about that, also about the news about Verbeek, who has gone back to Holland, but he joins us now. Uh, Bruce, always a pleasure you talking to us. <laughs> <laughs> Never gets old, Dom. Yeah, I know, but it, it works though, doesn't it? I mean, I, I've got to laugh out of Bruce. Have a look at it. now. If you can get a laugh out of Bruce, you're doing all right. And you laugh at your own jokes. Well, as someone's going to bloody laugh because yeah. I can't rely on you, it's you great moron. Stuff. It is great uh, stuff. Brucey, uh, yeah, we know it's hard times for everybody. Yeah, for everybody. But uh, tell us the situation about our club, Adelaide United. What is the story there? Uh, last week, uh, of course, well, eighty percent of the staff were uh, told to uh, to take paid leave. And anyway, you tell us the story. Yeah, probably a bit more than 80%. Um, they're on enforced leave, but the, the admin staff have been on, on leave for probably the last two, three weeks now. Um, some are doing a bit of a mix. There's there's a few things that, that we're still trying to do for, for members and, and the like. So you know, people might work two days a week, one day a week. A lot of them are, are just on uh, enforced leave. Um, stood down the players also from April 1. So... We haven't gotten rid of anyone, but um, you know, the Fair Work Act actually allows for these stand-down orders where they stay employed, they're still an employee, the players are still contracted and, and, and all the rest of it, but, but they're unpaid. They still accrue some, some leave benefits and the like, but essentially unpaid. So, yeah, difficult times for not just us here in Adelaide, but, but the world over. So, you know, we're not immune to it, that's for sure. How did the uh, the staff and the players uh, uh, particularly take the news? I'm, I'm sure they would have seen it coming, but how did they take the news when it was actually reality? It's just, the, 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 I, I think, uh, you know, the consensus I get from, from everyone I speak to is just anxiety <laughs> because there's so much uncertainty. So, you know, it's, it's not that they're getting this news and being reassured that in one month it's all going to go back to normal or in two months it's, it's going to be this or that. It's it's basically, this is the situation for now and today and April payroll and I can't even enlighten you on what May looks like, you know. So there's a few moving pieces as well with, with the Fox Sports, Foxtel, TV rights funds and, and all the rest as well. So, you know, there's there's not much sort of um, clarity, if you like, or, or, you know, confidence we can we can really give them. Brucey, what's the expectation on the players now from a club point of view, or, and I guess uh, in terms of fitness and, and whatnot, do the, do the players, are the players required to, to keep training or do they, they just do that for their own interests? Look, they've been given uh, individual programs that we're not enforcing them to do us. You know, we're not mandating that, that they do this and that. Um, obviously, as a former player, you'll know, Dodgy, it's, it's well within their interests to stay fit yeah. and follow those programs. But, you know, I'm not going to stand down a, a whole squad of young men and then, you know, start lecturing them on what they should be doing fitness-wise. So, you know, that's, that's their prerogative. So, what's your day-to-day role now? The, the 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 league stopped. What are you 
what do you focus your time and energy on now? Lots of coffees. <laughs> take away. <laughs> yeah, take, so, you can take it away, Bruce. I'll buy you one if I see you again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If we get through this. Yeah. Um, so look, um, you know, a lot of communication. Really, I spend half the day on the phone. Really, um, communicating either be it with players, coaches, you know, the high performance medical staff, um, other clubs, and, and just trying to sort of map out what what this looks like, not just for tomorrow, but for the future as well. Um, but look, the workload is getting less and less, and I'll also be taking leave as well. You know, I'm not immune to this stuff either, so you know, I'm in the same boat as everyone else. You mentioned uh, Fox Sports. Um, have you got any uh, intel, or have you heard any rumours? Do you think are they are they going to stick with the A League? And if you don't know, what is your gut feel? I don't know. My gut tells me that it's not looking good, um, but I don't know. So. You know, Foxtel's got their own problems. You know, we're not talking about a highly profitable business that's refusing to pay uh, uh, different codes. We're talking about a business who reported and lost around $450 million last financial year. So, you know, the, <laughs> you know Patrick Delaney and, and, and the senior management there, they have some massive challenges ahead of them as well, which, you know... The way that sport is structured in most countries, with the TV rights being the foundation to to a lot of payments coming from that, in terms of players, salary caps, staff, admin, how clubs are run. You know, you just have to take a quick look at the AFL and the cuts that they're going to impose, and the fact that they they've needed half a billion dollar loan from from uh, financial institutions to realise just how significant. TV rights is to the well-being, financial well-being of, of sporting here in Australia. We've also seen that uh, Gertrude is heading home, uh, as well as Michael Maria. Uh, what's the the time frame on that, and is uh, is he expected to return at some stage? Yeah, so Gertrude had all the staff over yesterday, the football staff, um, at his house for a couple of drinks and pizza before he heads off Hopefully tomorrow. Hopefully, not too many people. So, <laughs> Pardon? No, not too many people. No, we understand the laws. Um, so we were there um, last night and, you know, just having a chat. What's the future going to look like? You know, what, what are we going to do next? What's the program for the for the players? What's, what's, what's the club looking like? And sort of just shooting the breeze a little bit. I'll take him to the airport tomorrow and um, he'll fly back to Holland. If the league starts up again, twenty second of April, it gets uh, it gets reviewed, and and you know we'll we'll take it from there. Michael Maria is uh, heading off today. George Blackwood also is uh, headed back to Sydney um, a couple of weeks ago. So you know we're, we're not the only club. There's there's other clubs who've got players and coaches heading home. And when you look at the situation overseas and you know, the, the risks of things tightening up even further, borders closing, less and less flights. Um, a lot of these guys are here by themselves. So, you know, being back with the comfort of their family, we're, we're not going to stop them from getting back. Absolutely. Uh, now, with uh, Verbeek going home, will he stay? In, will he remain in contact with the players or will that be left locally to, to Carl Viet, who's uh, the, the assistant coach still here? I think that's between them, how they want to communicate to the players is, is amongst the coaches. Uh, Gertrude's always one to, to take the lead, so I'd, 
I'd be surprised if he, you know, uh, gave that responsibility to someone else. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, they'll work it out between themselves. Hey, Bruce, you would have spoken to the chairman, uh, Pete Vanderpol. Now, um, we don't know how how long this is going to last. I know there is a re- review, mm-hmm. but I'm sure it's going to go longer. H- is he going to survive all this financially? Is he saying it's going to be positive, it's going to be okay? Is he pacified you, or is he also maybe a bit worried that he might not even survive all this? He hasn't shown to me that he's worried at all, really. So, you know, he's, he told me as, as recently as today. I'm asking him almost every day. Um, you know, what does it look like, you know, what's plan A, what's plan B, what's plan C financially, um, you know, if, if there's a TV deal, if there's, you know, half of the TV deal, if, if there's no TV deal, you know, we've got to sort of start and, and we are planning for all the different scenarios that, that, that may present themselves to us. So, you know, he, he's completely back to club. He says when... We come out the other side, Adelaide United will still be here and, and the owners will still be the same owners and that everything should should be okay. So I've had no reason to not believe him up until now and, and I expect that, you know, he sticks to his word. All right. Well, Brucey, uh, we'll uh, keep in touch with you as uh, time goes by. Just before I let you go, what's your message to all the Adelaide United supporters uh, listening right now? Yeah, the fans have been really good, actually. So... You know, the fans, the members, um, obviously they're missing watching the, the players play and, and missing their football. I think for the whole football family, the whole football community, and, and the, the, there's a lot of us in South Australia and in Australia and the world, you know, it's a difficult time. But <laughs> all I can say now is that they take care of themselves, they take care of their families. And, you know, when we come out of this on the other side, we're going to be here as a club. We're going to have players that, that are at a good level and, and raring to go and we're going to need their support again. So, yep. you know, but for the time being, I hope everyone's concentrating on themselves and their families and making sure that we don't get complacent on the decent numbers we've had in flattening this curve and, and can eradicate this, uh, this virus, not just from South Australia, Australia and the world. Yep, good message. Uh, the sooner the better. All right, speaking of your families, keep uh, posting those cute kids of yours on Instagram. Uh, we look forward to speaking to you again there, Brucey. All right? All the best, Brucey. Cheers, Dom. Thanks, guys. See, See you, mate. That's uh, the football director of Adelaide United, uh, Bruce uh, Gite, and uh, Such well, a tough gig. It is a tough gig. Moment, yeah. it, and you wanted it at one stage. I don't think you'd be able to handle that because you've cracked under pressure, as we noticed in your it's playing all, days. It's all Brucey's, mate. It's all Brucey's. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, what a time for him to come in as well. Just uh, post-football uh, career and uh, he's... Uh, as as we've come to learn, even when when he was playing, he's he's very well spoken yeah. and uh, he's got a lot, lot of ambition. Uh, and to, I guess to be in this predicament, as as we spoke about Nathan Cosmina uh, a few weeks ago, to he's been thrust into uh, a situation that is is so difficult to deal with that there's there's no precedent set on on what you should be doing and, yeah. and how to deal with it. So the they're sort of learning as they go in in this type of environment, and you know, credit where credit's due. They've uh, they speak really well, and uh, hopefully, like you said, uh, we can come out of this uh, the other side for the better. Well, fingers crossed, because yeah, it is uh, just new for everybody. We're all trying to get our heads around what the hell is going on around the world, not only in sport but just in general life, really. 
All right, uh, we're going to take a short break. And on the other side of the break from the A-League, we're going to go to the local NPL. We're going to have a chat to the uh, Campbelltown uh, City coach, uh, Phil Stubbins, to get his take on all of this and what's going on. Uh, you're listening to The Round Ball with Dom and Dodzy. And it's all thanks to Hyundai's generous cashback across all petrol and diesel SUVs. Back after this. For Flight Centre, best in the air and everywhere. And Hyundai's seven-year warranty on SENSA. The Round Ball with Dom and Dodsey. Yes, it is, and welcome to another Wednesday night of the Round Ball. Dom Renato and Travis Dodd here. Travis, there might not be any balls being kicked anywhere, if you pardon the uh, pun there. I didn't mean to kick yours, but uh, there's still a lot to talk about. There is uh, a lot going on with Adelaide United. Uh, I since know. We since we uh, last met, uh, Adelaide United players have been stood down. So, uh, not surprisingly, no, it's not. Uh, and another one, I guess, bites the dust uh, for the time being there with Adelaide United, which takes the, the tally to six clubs now that have stood their players down. And So, which are the clubs that haven't? That haven't at this stage are Melbourne City, uh, Melbourne Victory, Sydney FC. And Wellington, and the only one that I'm not a hundred percent sure of is Western United. Mm. So possibly one still in the balance there, but uh, it's not not great signs for the league. And with the impending uh, due date for the broadcaster Fox, I'm scared, Hell, very scared, to, to pay their next instalment of uh, 900k due next week, uh, and unlikely that that'll happen because let's face it, if you're if you're Foxtel, why would you be paying? Uh, Fifty-seven million a year, isn't it? Why would you be paying that that instalment when you've got no product to show for it? That's a fair call. Well, if you're a business, you wouldn't be paying anything. And I saw, I read in uh, an article in uh, one of the uh, online things saying one of the players just come out and tell us. We want to know: is it going to happen or isn't it going to happen? And maybe they're doing their homework. Maybe they're doing their sums. I'm talking about Foxtel, but uh, it doesn't look good at the moment. As unfortunate. And, and Travis, if they don't, what's what's going to happen to the A League? Well, I think it's. Uh it's quite clear that if, that if they don't get the money from Foxtel, well, how how are clubs going to survive? Uh, they rely on a huge portion of that their income comes from the the broadcaster, and that in turn pays the players' wages. So, yeah. uh, with with no game day revenue to be heard of, I would assume that there's not a lot of mo- merchandise being sold. the the ev- The revenue streams for the clubs are drying up. So, I. I can't see this uh, ending well for the for the A League, unfortunately. Yeah, it doesn't look good. Uh, I guess uh, if that does happen, um, I mean we're only preempting here. Maybe they might have a, a change of mind and think, okay, let's just ride this out and uh, see how it all goes. Uh, there's always Optus Sport, who well, we know cover a lot of the football from around the world. The EPL they won the rights off uh, Fox a couple of years ago, and they did lose a lot of subscribers Fox when that did happen because a lot of people had Fox Sports for the EPL because yeah. it's such a brilliant product. Uh, so maybe, just maybe, Optus Sports might be looking at it. Well, if th- if that was the case, uh, unfortunately for the A-League, Optus are in the, the box seat for the, in terms of negotiating because they, the A-League need Optus more than what Optus need the A-League. Yeah. So uh, there's been talk about the, the, scal- the salary cap being scrapped, being reduced. Uh, if, if that was the case, you wouldn't expect that that Optus or any, in fact, any broadcaster is going to come in and initially put in the money that that Foxtel are currently putting in. Mm. Uh, so that that would have to have further repercussions for the league going forward. So I mean, if you if that was the case and and you had to 
undo all of the work that's been done over the 13, 14 years that the A-League's been going, it's it's really taking the game back. Um, uh, I won't say APEG. I'd say, yeah, you know, it, it's back to square one. Peg. It will be back to square one. And, and you mentioned about the salary cap being reduced, marquee players. We'll pose that question to Bruce Gita, the uh, football director of Adelaide United. He's going to be joining us because I'm sure he'll be scratching his head and uh, whether he's doing homework. But as we know, he's one of the last survivors there at Adelaide United. I think they got rid of uh, 80% of their staff, I think, last week. Is that right? Well, uh, I do know that, that a lot of the, the staff were on paid leave, so they were taking the annual leave and, and whatnot. But that'll only last for so long. Yeah. And, then, and then, unfortunately, uh, it's the same as many other employees uh, around the country that uh, may find themselves uh, stood down as well. But uh, it be interesting to see if uh, Bruce has got any further insight into... The, the JobKeeper payments that, that are proposed to, to be coming in and mm. uh, if that'll have any impact on the, the players. But uh, we've also seen in the media that uh, Gertjan Verbeek has gone, had enough. Gone, gone, Pulled the pin and I think it was actually uh, broken on, on Facebook um, the week before because his uh, wife was uh, selling their furniture on, on Marketplace, uh, saying that... I wonder if they had good furniture at home, because I should have had a bit of a squiz there. <laughs> well, she did say that uh, in a post that they're returning home and not taking anything with them. So uh, the, the cat was out of the bag, I think, uh, yeah. officially before it was officially made. You reckon he'll come back? I mean, I know he's saying he said in the paper uh, yesterday that he is going to be returning, or the club said that. We'll ask Bruce that question anyway. But do you think, uh, Bruce will most probably say yes, but do you really think he'll come back? Well, he has got a year to run on his contract. Now, look, a lot could change. Well, a lot will change between now and then. Um, is it likely that he'll come back to, to finish the season off if the season goes ahead? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think that would be unlikely. So uh, it, it would depend on, I guess, uh, the conversations that he's had with Pete Vanderpol. Yeah. Uh, and, Plenty of time know, to talk now. Or whether or not he, they're going to release him out of his second year of his contract. And, and if the league does get up and going again next season, if uh, United opt to go in another direction yet again. Well, we'll ask those hard-hitting questions to Bruce when he joins us uh, not too far away. We should say we're here thanks to Hyundai's generous uh, cashback. Uh, Hyundai, big supporter of, uh, of the game. Uh, so we should say them and remember, enjoy Hyundai's generous cashback across all petrol and diesel SUVs. Now, uh, well, a lot of players, ex-players, uh, must have a lot to, uh, not much to do like the rest of us, I guess, uh, during the week. In fact, I think it was the other day. Um, Mark Viduka, the... Uh, the V-bomber. What, oh, the v, what, a, what a player he was. Of course, he played for Celtic. He played for Leeds. He played for uh, in, in Croatia. Scored goals for fun. Socceroo. Had a bit of a go. Melbourne, the, Melbourne Knights. Melbourne Knights. That's where it all started. And he, in his interview, I saw that whole, whole interview on ESPN, uh, that he said that's where it all started for a lot of those players. And he finds it hard to watch the, uh, the players of today because they're not nurturing the young players because obviously the AIS, they've scrapped that system, which that's where he started as well. But before I'll get your comment, uh, Trav, um, we've got a bit of a piece of uh, him having a chat uh, on SPM. This is uh, former soccer remark Viduka. Definitely, I think Lucas Neal at that stage came to that Asian Cup not in a good state of mind because of the fact that Graham Arnold had offered him the captaincy because he didn't think, because he, he wasn't sure whether I was going to come to the Asian Cup or not. And then once I was at the Asian Cup, either he wasn't brave enough to tell me that I wasn't captain anymore or whatever. And I felt that Lucas Neal was sulking that whole Asian Cup through the, through the pre-season, through the, through the preparations for it and through the Asian Cup. And it affected other players. 
I think Lucas tried to undermine undermine me. I think his priority was to be captain more because of his other activities he had off the pitch rather than rather than actually on the pitch stuff. Well, them uh, fighting words there, Travis. Now, if uh, Mark Viduka said that about you, how would you react? Probably, and it's most probably true if he did say it I'd, about you, by the way. I'd probably take it on the chin because <laughs> uh, Viduka doesn't look like somebody that you really want to mess with. Uh, he's certainly comes across as a, a straight shooter and will just tell it how it is. Yeah. So uh, I think from from what we know of uh, Mark, and uh, he's not, He's not one to put himself in the spotlight with the media, and he, he really never has been throughout his career. So for him to come out and say those words, it's it's quite damning yeah. of uh, Lucas Neal. And honest though, it is. It is. I've I've only had the I had the opportunity in one Socceroos camp uh, to be with uh, Tim Cahill, who also um, made mention of the A League this week, and Lucas Neal. And I mean, at that time, Lucas Neal was captain yeah. of the Socceroos, <laughs> so everything was uh, hunky dory. But it goes to show that even at that level, I mean, we've seen this uh, in test test match cricket um, with captaincies and players trying to undermine each other, and we've never really seen or heard about that in in football. But certainly, it's uh, it could go a long way into maybe explaining the the results from from that uh, campaign, which happened to be the the first Asian Cup campaign that Australia there. was part of, because we'd just become part of the. Uh, the confederation now that was actually the asian cup i'm a bit disappointed actually because it was my game my goal i'll say i i helped us qualify for that you might have asian stuffed cup. all that up you might have chucked a spanner in the woods well my debut for the Socceroos was an asian cup qualifier yeah. which i scored in mm-hmm. and i think you reminded us many times and that game quali- we qualified for the asian cup on the back of that game well there you the go that win. oh so you didn't mention that i wish you would have mentioned exactly. that exactly the V-bomber? The V-bomber. Let's ask him. Let's get him on the phone. Do you know who Travis Dodd is? Who? <laughs> yeah, go, who? who? Is that a new coffee that I'm go, selling go, at my cafe? Because he's got a cafe in Croatia. It's amazing that, I mean, he, I'm sure he's nice and comfortably financially well off after his fantastic career. Uh, but now he's just sort of putting his feet up making coffees in, in uh, Croatia. Well, he'd be under no pressure, would he? No. Nah. Just, uh, just there trying to make the, the customer's favourite brew. Yeah. Uh, I think he actually said that that's his uh, biggest concern now is making sure he gets the coffee right. <laughs> so. It's amazing, though. It's it's just great. It's good to hear from him because he mentions Lucas Neal. What is Lucas Neal actually doing today? I mean, what's he doing nowadays? Is he coaching? Is he uh, Where does he live? Have you heard of anything? No, I do believe he's, uh, he's in the UK. I think uh, he's kind Come across some some tough times financially. Uh, made some uh, some poor financial decisions, or was led astray uh, via agents or advisors uh, along the way. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not aware of him being in the coaching circles mm. or or getting involved in the game uh, at any level. So it's uh, it is a shame to see because he was uh, a huge figure for Australian football for such a long time. Oh, he's time. the pretty boy of Australian football, wasn't he? Everybody liked him because he came across in the media as a really nice guy, but there's always underlying factors in any sport, in any player. They tell you what you want to hear when they're in front of a camera, but you never know what's going on behind the scenes. So, uh, yeah, Lucas Neal... Uh, 2016, uh, he'd been declared bankrupt in the UK, reportedly due to a series oh of disastrous investments despite earning more than $40 million throughout his career. Wow. Uh, yeah, it is uh, a very, very uh, sad ending for for a career yeah. that, that was so 
uh, glittered. Well, it was. It was. He, like I said, he was the golden boy at one stage, Lucas Neal. But anyway, that interview, if you want to hear the, it in its entirety, it's on uh, Check it out on YouTube with ESPN, who caught up with him uh, when it was during last week or whatever. Hey, uh, we're going to take a short break, because after the break, we're going to catch up with someone closer to home. Uh, did Bruce Chitay play with um, Lucas Neal in any well, any uh, Socceroos? I can't remember. I know that Bruce played a couple of games, but it might have been after uh, Lucas Neal well, might have retired. Well, ask him that question. Yeah, and also still to come, uh, we talk about the A-League, the NPL, the local league. Obviously, they've been affected as well. We're going to catch up with the coach of Campbelltown City, Phil Stubbins. He was the uh, former coach of Newcastle Jets, assistant coach of Adelaide United, and he was uh, you were under him as well at that time. Well, so the AIS. He's been around uh, he quite a bit. He has been around. He's, he's working. Thailand as he's well. Got a, he's got a real job now. Uh, we'll catch up with him. And also, uh, on the women's game, uh, we'll catch up with Ivan Karlovich, the coach of the Adelaide United W League and see what it's like moving forward after another miserable season for them. But don't go away. Uh, you're listening to The Round Ball with Dom and Dodzi and uh, we're here for Hyundai and their uh, generous cashback. We'll be back right after this. For Flight Centre, best in the air and everywhere. And Hyundai seven-year warranty on SENSA. The Round Ball with Dom and Dodzi. Yes, it is. And welcome back. And it's uh, nice to have your company. I hope you are keeping well and you're looking after each other. We're here for Hyundai, of course. The generous cash back across all petrol and diesel SUVs. Even under the circumstances, they are open for business. And, of course, uh, it's time for... Oh, yeah, it's time for our Aussies Abroad. This is my favourite. I think it's your favourite segment, isn't it, Trav? Absolutely. I love it. I love all these Aussies Abroad. Do you really? Not, not much happening. Aussies Well, abroad. there could be. Thanks to Flight Centre. Best in the air and everywhere. Yes, it is. Thanks to Flight Centre. Best in the air and everywhere. And remember, we are here thanks to Hyundai. Now, a little goes a long way with Hyundai too, Trav. A generous cashback across petrol and diesel SUVs. Now, in the Aussies abroad, we've got one that is abroad, an Aussie, and that is Tim Cale. Didn't give the A-League a very big rap. He said it was very hard to watch, the A-League. Well, I think hey, Give us some context, though. Why did he say it was hard to watch? He didn't say it's because of the... Didn't have a TV? No, I don't know. Yeah, well, and or internet, and you know, <laughs> so internet, couldn't watch it. internet maybe being cut off That's over there. That's maybe what he meant. It was yeah. hard to watch because he no, couldn't get it. <laughs> yeah, I think he's uh, he was referring to the fact that uh, finances are so tough uh, within the league, and and he also uh, related it to the to the lower leagues in in the UK as well that because of the the salary caps and constraints and mind you he's only said this in the last couple of days so i think it's also uh, in reference to coronavirus and and the fact that broadcasters uh, this uncertainty there uh, salary cap restrictions that uh, yeah it is just becoming a, a little bit too difficult with all of the off-field dramas um, pre yeah. um, stopping the league but um, you can sort of understand where he's coming from. You can. Well, he did play, obviously come back to play for Melbourne City and uh, didn't get on with it. What was the coach's name at the time? Warren Joyce. Yeah, didn't get on. Well, Warren, I don't think he got on well with anybody, did he? Because uh, he also lost Fauna Roley. Tim Cale wasn't happy He liked happy Michael Valkanis. Did he, did he like Michael? Yeah, he gave uh, Michael Valkanis big raps. Oh, really? Because uh, Michael took over the reins uh, uh, at Melbourne City for a short time. Oh. And, um, yeah, uh, Tim Cahill was singing his praises. Now, he actually, uh, now that you mentioned that, I think he did. He said he was one of the best coaches he's ever had. Yes. Talk about politics. <laughs> Is he serious? I mean, nothing against Michael, mean? of course. Nothing against Michael, but really? He might be. He says the right words, doesn't he, Tim Cahill? Well, he might be. Oh, I mean, it's not like he's got to say that to, to get his spot in the team. Well, no, he doesn't, but... It's always Goodness good to keep sakes. good with a coach. You, yeah. were, I, I well, remember you selling a few porky pies with uh, Cozzy and Aurelio just to keep I, it spot. You know what? I can't understand um, you know, with Warren Joyce and, and how that ended up with Tim Cahill 
just sitting on the bench for so many games and just turned sour so quickly. Yeah. Um, I just don't understand it because he's such such a he's still good enough to play in the A League. Yeah. Uh, but Warren Joyce, for whatever reason, just uh, didn't see eye to eye with him, and yeah, you know, just. Uh, very sad way to end it. It was terrible because he was good for the A-League, brought a lot of publicity to the A-League, especially with the media because they loved Tim Cale, didn't they? They'd always keep an eye on him when he was overseas. He came back and he was giving the exposure that the A-League didn't wasn't getting because there wasn't any marketing dollars spent. So uh, it was kind of just self-promotion. Tim Cale's there and away he goes. The, uh the FFA paid, uh, they contributed to his wages. So they kind of uh, paid for marketing then. Well, they, they did. But uh, in that sense, I think Tim Cahill has been one of the biggest marquee players yeah. that, that the league's had, yeah. uh, aside from Del Piero, who was phenomenal. If you were Dwight York, actually, I'm going I'm to ask you that maybe next week's show, if we can, who do you think were the best marquee players uh, the A-League has had uh, since its inception in 2005. So do a bit of homework between now and next week there, Trey. Really? Homework? Yeah, homework. I haven't done homework for years. And it's showing too, trust me. Plenty of years. Yeah, all right. Now, speaking of uh, people and coaches, uh, we're gonna, we talked about the A-League, about Aussies abroad, and that's all thanks to Flight Centre, Best in the Air and Everywhere, and Hyundai's generous cashback across all petrol and diesel SUVs. Uh, let's talk uh, locally in the NPL. Of course, that's uh, uh, gone into hibernation as well, and we thought we'll catch up with the uh, coach of Campbelltown City. Not only was he a coach of Campbelltown City, he was also the uh, assistant coach at Adelaide United and the coach of Newcastle Jets, so he's been there, done that in a nice way, and that is Phil Stubbins. Phil, thanks for joining us tonight. Boys, good afternoon. How are you, Stubbs? Eh? Well, right, Stubbins. Yeah, not bad, Travis. All good, mate. <laughs> uh, Phil, so uh, I guess off the bat, how are you keeping yourself occupied with uh, no football? It must be killing you, surely. Yeah, it's a bit surreal, isn't it? Um, you know, we had a, a new academy about to start, Dom, uh, which was a, a week away from starting. And then, obviously, we got this, you know, the self-isolated and everything sort of went into lockdown. So, for Campbelltown, for the academy, um, and to a lesser extent, Prince Alfred College, there wasn't, you know, nothing for me to do. So, it's never been like this before. It's all um, certainly unprecedented times for a lot of us. And um, I think we're all trying to do with it as best we can. Absolutely. You've just taken over as head coach, too, of Campbelltown City. Just starting to eat your yeah. teeth into it, and it's all come to a grinding halt. Yeah, that's right. And really enjoying it as well, Dom. Obviously, we all know Joe Mullen and what a terrific guy and, and great job that, that Joe sort of did at the club. And um, for myself to go in there last year and, and be privy and part of that with Joe as, as the head coach at the helm um, and seeing how things were done at the club, you know, behind the scenes as well as on the coaching front. And with a terrific bunch of boys, I have to say, it's been a, a great transition for myself and a very fortunate opportunity. And I'm, I'm thankful for Joe, you know, bringing me in and then also giving the opportunity to work in the game again with, with a good bunch of kids um, and a good sound club. Well, uh, Stubbsy, we haven't had a lot of football to talk about. Uh, there's been a bit of controversy, uh, I guess, surrounding Campbelltown with uh, the McCabe twins uh, wanting to, to leave uh, on the eve of the, the season starting. Is, uh, is that going to be resolved? Uh, have you talked them into staying or are they set on leaving? Well, they'll go, Travis. Um, look, it was, a, it was a funny sort of chain of events that, that eventuated and I think they come as a package Travis being yeah. totally frank and, yeah. and out in the open <laughs> in this one um, you know Hamish was, was probably the one that we had our eye on to, to come into the team yeah. obviously with ourselves losing in the, the five players that we lost we still needed to infiltrate some new blood into the group um, and the McCaves were, were, were good at that and um, you know I think perhaps if they felt you know one of them wasn't going to get a game um they decided to do what they do, and we wish them well, but they certainly did it, at, for me, the wrong time. 
Um, and I've never really had a conversation with either of them, Travis, since they've left. So, look, it left us a little bit short. There's no doubt about that. Um, but football is what it is, and we all mm-hmm. have to deal with things as we go along. And, um, you know, we've got a very strong group, although it's a little bit smaller than what it was. We'll, uh, we'll see how we go. Did the uh, McCabe twins come with a set of steak knives, by the way? <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> I'll, leave it, I'll leave it at that, Dom. Okay. Hey, Stubbsy, tell, uh, <laughs> tell us a bit more about this academy that was, uh, that was about to get started. Yeah, look, uh, having an opportunity at the Australian Institute of Sport, Travis, and then taking over this Australian College of Sport here in Adelaide, you know, I had three years on the educational front and given a chance to put a, a curriculum together, um, pretty much build a program at the Australian College of Sport, it got me thinking about trying to do it in a more comprehensive way other than just a standard academy. Um, and that's what I got put in place, and I was very excited about that. We got a group um, together that was going to go ahead with it, and then in October we were due to go overseas to the UK and a, on a tour for three and a half weeks against professional football clubs. So it was certainly an exciting proposition, and I was looking forward to getting my teeth into it. And um, unfortunately for the boys, myself, and, and people involved in the academy, um, you know, the coronavirus has come along and, and put it on hold. So we're working in sync with the policies and protocols of, of FSA. And, um, yeah, we're just on hold and things, until uh, things change. Was that running in line with uh, what you were previously doing with the College of Sport in that it was uh, education-based yeah. as well? Look, correct. There's no diploma attached to it, though, Trav. So, uh, obviously, we're doing it at a far lesser uh, monetary um, yeah. sort of frontage, yeah. basically, for the players. We did it on the cheap. And um, they'll get all of that insight. They'll get all of that education that... The diploma w- was probably offering, and then probably more so. Um, look, and I think it's actually a good opportunity to speak about the Australian College of Sport with yourself, Travis, because you've got a couple of the boys um, within your own midst at Metro that were part of that. One is Hamish Gow, and the other yeah. one, uh, in a briefer sort of spell with the club, is, is Kyle Crow, yep. who both were, I think, got a hell of a lot of... Um, knowledge from from what we brought to the table at the college of sport and it wasn't just on the footballing sense trav it was it was more about the psychological aspects of the game the men's the mindset the mentality that you need to bring to the table in order to be successful and um look you'll know all about that travis i think you know we, we spoke with don before about champions league um, campaigns etc etc and how we got to where we got to and that wasn't for the fact that we didn't have a very strong group with a, with a strong mindset so it's certainly something that's very important for the game um, and I think it's something as an appendage into development of young kids that I think we need to look at, other than just the football and the small-sided games, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that come on a technical front. I think we need to look at the broader area of how kids do actually develop and how they actually learn. Yeah, yeah very important. In fact, I uh, think uh, Mark Viduka made comment on that, that we're just not teaching kids at a young age here anymore in Australia, and that's uh, why the quality uh, of football is the mm. way it is. It should, it's not where it should be. Do you agree with that? Well, I agree with that, yeah. I think you just need to look at the stats, Dom, and then that gives you the picture of where things are at. You know, you've got the Olympic teams that struggled. You've got the Joeys. We've got, you know, not qualifying for World Cups in the youth, um, which was unheard of for us. So if we were able to do it back then, you know, we're not able to do it now when we're supposed to have progressed, then there's obviously an issue with that. And um, look, I think it needs to be looked at. I think there's some quality people out there um, as Baduka said, you've got some certainly massive experience from, from people involved at the game at the highest level. Travis, another one of those that's been involved at the highest level in, in this country. How are we actually educating the kids if we're not exposed to having some sort of transparent 
conversation and then structure of how we actually put things in place to develop our kids that are able to go out against the Brazils, Uruguay, so whoever they are, and be able to hold court just exactly with the parity that we expect. Yep, absolutely. And uh, just before I let you go, Stubbsy, I spoke to Bruce. We spoke to Bruce Jutay earlier uh, about yeah. the impact of uh, of the coronavirus with Adelaide United and the A League. What about Campbelltown City and all the other MPL clubs, for that matter? How are they going to survive all this? And uh, do you think there might be some clubs that might not even survive and fold by the end of all this? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a good question, interesting one, and obviously a, a question that was paused on the eve of, of getting. Uh, you know, the directive from Michael Carter at FSA. Um, okay, what do we do now? I think, you know, for our club, Travis, and you might have done things different, but we just put a program together and got the players to adhere to that program that we felt was was in place to, to keep the conditioning to a certain level prior to the kids coming back in. But obviously that date from the 14th of April has been pushed to the end of May. Um, so look, there's, the, the sands are shifting all the time done in terms of how we actually prepare the boys for when they come back because we don't have a definitive timeline it's very difficult to, to keep the, the players sort of not only in sync with the program that you put in place but also motivated um, so there's a lot of things that are up in the air, you can't have these group meetings you can't get together, you can do things through obviously text messages etc and emails but um, it, it's certainly a surreal time for, for all of us and I think the teams and clubs that come through it as best prepared as they possibly can for when the teams are allowed to get back together and then the league restarts, they'll be the ones that are best prepared for however the league concludes at the end of the year, if it does, and then how strong some of these clubs are going to be with wages done. Do we pay the same amount of wages? Do we pay them per game? Mm. If the season's condensed to two and a half months, how do the clubs find sponsorship money, commercial dollar? How does it all impact on on everyone that's trying to, at the end of the day, pay the players for paying uh, for, for playing games. Yeah, I think uh, you're right about that. I think we'll have to hit, um, hit the reset button at the end of all this and start from scratch, I reckon. All right, Stubbsy, always good to have a chat to you, mate. You always, always make a lot of sense. Thanks for joining us. Cheers, Stubbsy. All good, boys. Take, take care. Take care, yeah, buddy. Boys. That's the uh, Campbelltown uh, City uh, coach, uh, Phil uh, Stubbins. And, and it's true, I guess that not having a timeline of when you can start makes everything difficult because you just everything just is on ice. It is. It's crazy. We gave our players, a, a Metro Stars, a four-week running program, which obviously they're through now. But how long, how long can you keep sustaining that, asking players to go out and run three nights a week yeah. by themselves. It, it is just so hard, like uh, Phil said, to keep them motivated. Yep. And then the biggest the biggest thing is paying players when they come back because the juniors have paid all their fees. Now you can understand that parents may want their money well, back. Well, they will have to want their money they, back. I don't blame them. Because yeah. they're all in a, the, the crunch now. Sponsors yeah. may not be in a position to pay their sponsorship funds. So the the questions that Phil raised there about how we pay the players when we come back, whenever that is, is is a huge one. And unfortunately, uh, if if we are to play this season, uh, all all things point to players uh, like everybody else around the world having to take uh, pay cuts as well as coaches. Yep, I think you're right and that's what will happen and like I said, it is the reset button. we just got to start from scratch and I think players, coaches, whoever, if they want clubs to survive, they've just got to bite the bullet and say, okay, it's one of those unfortunate things that's never ever, ever happened. Uh, we'll have to start again for the survival of all the clubs, especially in the local NPL. All right, we're going to take a short break and on the other side of the break where we've spoken A-League, NPL, we're going to talk about the
about the uh, women's game and uh, we're going to catch up with the Adelaide United uh, W League coach Ivan Karlovich. Of course, their season uh, finished uh, <laughs> well earlier than they expected. They didn't make the finals, but we'll have a chat and see moving forward uh, what his plans are for Adelaide United in the W League. You are listening to the round ball game with Dom and Dodsey back right after this. For Flight Centre, best in the air and everywhere. And Hyundai's seven-year warranty on SENSA. The Round Ball with Dom and Dodsey. Yes, we are coming around the home turn here on The Round Ball with uh, Dom and Dodsey. And we're here every Wednesday night from uh, 5.30. Good to have your company. Always, it's amazing that, Trav, that there's no not a ball being kicked, but there's always lots to talk about. We're going to talk about the women's game very briefly. Uh, and it's all thanks to Hyundai's generous cashback across all petrol and diesel SUVs and SAP. Power Networks empowering women's football here in South Australia. Now the question now we're meant to be talking to Ivan Karlovich but we've run out of time so we're going to give him And he uh, didn't answer his phone. And he, yeah well I was trying to be nice there Trevor. No. So we'll talk to him He You're, did a Bruce on us. He did a Bruce on us Yep. Well, we'll we, call we, it we, Bruce. We forgave Bruce though. Uh, shall, yep. uh, shall we start a new one like the Bruce, that yep. means he didn't call. They yep. didn't answer the phone. He's done the Bruce. The women's game, Trav. Uh, firstly, because obviously uh, reality is going to set in, pay cuts, stand downs, losing jobs, whatever. Will the women's game or the W League survive what is going on there because a lot of uh, men's sports obviously you know some of them are how's your mother and father what about the women do you think they're going to survive all this well there's there's two parts to this that I think uh, on one hand I think that they the FFA have to make the, the women's game survive given how far the game has come in the, the last five years oh, it's in grown. yeah absolutely uh, and particularly with what the Matildas have achieved uh, on a national stage uh, so from that perspective, I think it's imperative that they that the league does continue on and they continue to grow it. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, if we are going back to square one, as we did in the beginning of the A-League, the money just won't be there uh, and the clubs will just have to be putting their, their hands in their pockets to to be able to, I guess, uh, run run these these teams and you know, with minimum wages coming in with the, the women's game expenses have gone up quite significantly to run these teams so potentially you, know, you could be costing you know, in excess of half a million dollars to run you know, uh, a 12 week season so it's uh, quite exorbitant um, but I think they just need to find a way. And and throw into the mix that they're looking to try and host the World Cup, the Women's World Cup with New Zealand. So uh, you well, know, that's absolutely, you some, can't. Yeah, you can't expect to do that and not have a league uh, to to participate in. But but also with the the Matildas uh, and the FFA now, the the FFA have put Matildas on. Uh, contracts, national team contracts now, like they do with the the rugby league, the oh, cricket, okay. and all that kind of stuff. So uh, right. you know, players like Sam Kerr uh, earning eighty three thousand dollars a year on these contracts. Now that's regardless of whether they play or not. Yeah. So it's like well, she's a, a superstar. It's like a full time contract. Yeah. But but they have twenty players that are on these contracts. They get paid uh, regardless of uh, what they're doing, and they also getting they also due to get a share of revenue from games, uh, particularly with wow. these Olympic qualifiers coming up and and the friendlies before the olympics they stood to to earn some significant money from the the gate takings and and the share of revenue in that so that's going to hurt the the players from that perspective as well mm. well you mentioned sam kerr is there a bigger woman's sports star in australia than sam kerr can you name me someone bigger than her 
Uh, the only in one any sport, I'm talking about yeah, any sport. The only one that I think would potentially come close is Ash Barty at the moment in okay. tennis. Um, uh, world number one um, at, at some stage, and I'm not sure where she is now, but uh, she's yeah, she's uh, she's been flying. But apart from that, I just don't think Sam Kerr gets the recognition on an, uh, on a world stage. Hundred oh, percent, she should. And and as much as I hate to say it, it's only because she plays uh, soccer or football, if you like. If she played any other sport, you'd hear about it yeah, all the I'm, time. But I'm talking specifically like yeah. FIFA Player of the Year and that kind yeah. of stuff. Just to not even get a chance is ridiculous. Hey, we're going to go. But next week, between now and then, we're going to do a bit of homework. I want you to come up and I will do the top 10 marquee players in the A-League thus far. How's that sound? Can you do that? And I'll, I'll do it as well. I'll certainly give it a go. All right. Uh, hey, we'll catch you next week. And we're here thanks to Hyundai and the women's game. Thanks to SA Power Networks. Thanks for joining us. Take care of yourselves Cheers, and look trip. after each other.